What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Kieran and Company podcast. Today, we're going to break a couple records. We have the first YouTuber on, the first podcaster on, and also the first female on. Welcome, Clarissa Gregornik, to the podcast. Woo! Insert cheering noise. We don't have those yet. (laughs) So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Clarissa, as you already introduced. I have a YouTube channel um, that's under the handle Clarissa's Life. I have a podcast under the name Girl of Gen Z. And what do you want to know? Just kind of why you started. So go back to like your childhood. Where Whoa. You, <laughs> go yeah, back like to my just childhood. Just give us some recap of when you got into this, how you got into whatever you think you were doing. Now, content creation, I assume, is what you would classify that as. How yes, you got into yes. that, where that started, your interest growing up. Give us just, we want to get to know you a little bit. All right. Um, so I started watching a lot of beauty videos when I was in elementary school when YouTube wasn't a huge thing yet. So it was, you know, you grab your crappy camera and you sit in your kitchen or your bedroom. Basically, there's like no editing, really, no color correction. It was just very, very raw. Um, no music, no fun edits. It was very simplistic. Um, so I watched a lot of like makeup tutorials and hauls and favorites videos of females on YouTube. There weren't a lot of guys in makeup at the time. And that's opposite now. <laughs> I know it's crazy. The, the change that that's uh, happened in the beauty community. I guess that's just a good thing for how, how, how far that acceptance oh, has yeah. come. I don't know if that would be okay back then, but yeah, 100%. also the same thing. I feel like YouTube was so small at that point that there was only the two genres that we were interested in. So like there was gaming and beauty. I didn't, I don't really know. And then there was probably this, the random YouTube videos people would upload like their dog playing. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. think there was really no genres at that point. So right. I would watch like video game people, the classic ones, the guys who've been here for 10 years. And then you would watch the people who are either off the platform now or much bigger. Exactly. Continue. Okay. So yeah, I that's what I was into, and I asked my parents, actually with my sister, we talked about this a little bit ahead of time, we want to create a YouTube channel and create our own beauty videos. Um, so we went to talk to my parents about it, and they were a little nervous at the time to put their daughters on the internet filming in their house. Uh, so I remember when we went to go talk to my parents about it, they were like, okay, we'll be right back. And they went to go to our computer room, which is what we call the den in our house. And they had their little discussion. And me and Erica, my sister's name's Erica, for all of you that are wondering, we were sitting in the kitchen nervously waiting for my parents to come back and hopefully say yes. So they came back and they did say yes. And they said, as long as the videos are screened, I guess, or my mom has to watch them, I guess, would that be screened ahead of time before clicking public on youtube then that's fine so my sister and i would film then show my mom she would okay the video and we'd upload especially for even back then that seems so progressive that they would let you know, it seems that parents right now would be questionable but would probably see us in this day and age You're that's so back right. then that seems even weirder that they would say yes You're to so that right. and how out there that is i'm pretty sure we even had to show them like some examples of what girls your age doing. well not even our age actually they're older than us for sure but they were like harmless videos they were just entertaining and my parents were like you're gonna play with makeup on camera sure like whatever yeah so yeah that's how we started and then uh 
I created my own channel and somehow YouTube deleted my sister and I's channel, which she later told me years later, she actually just deleted the channel herself because she didn't like the videos at all. Um, so that's she's a too story cool for that own. at that point. <laughs> I don't know. I think she just didn't like the way she looked. I think that's what she said. She didn't like her voice and the way she looked. And she was very, very young when we first started. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she was embarrassed. She just was like, that's Even it. Even how old were you when you made your first videos? Grade and then seven. if you take three years off Erica, is that what that is? Two years? Two. Yeah. She still so has a little a space five? in between her teeth. No braces. We were playing call duty yeah. and like yelling cuss words at people yeah. when we were in grade four and five and she was on youtube videos yep that's so crazy yeah so then i created my channel um and kind of just forgot about my sister and i's channel at that point <laughs> and then just created my own videos my sister was in a couple of them um but it was solely my channel at that point so i would and you kept the same genre you think like you made more video youtube sorry beauty videos yes so it was makeup tutorials fashion videos um, inspired, like celebrity inspired magazine covers I would try to recreate, which I look back now and I'm like, holy, that does not look like the magazine cover at all, but it's okay. You would cut and paste on a paper, you mean? Like, I'll give you an example. So um, I was really into reading, and I'm sure a lot of girls years ago at that age were obsessed with reading like J14, Teen Vogue, Seventeen magazine, and Taylor Swift was on the cover of a Teen Vogue school edition issue. So it was like a September issue. And she was wearing this like fluffy pink sweater and her hair was curled but taylor swift's hair is naturally curly so when i curled my hair i tried to brush it out so it kind of looked like hers and it just looks like an afro so you tried to mimic the photo shoot not yeah. the actual magazine cover well no no no, yeah i thought right, you right. were cutting and pasting <laughs> magazines <laughs> no. together to no, make it, it look like specified. this cover that would have been super artsy it should have specified but yeah so I, I tried to buy a similar sweater to what she was wearing and i tried to recreate her makeup and her hair so at that time, how was the, the progress or how often were you posting or how was the views? Pretty often. Um, other than like doing homework after school, I feel like I would be filming three or four times a week and uploading too. But it was very... What else did you do though? Uh, at that time, I was in competitive dance. So I guess that's where my extra time went to as well. Yeah. So how was... Did you get many people watching these or was it kind of your family um, members and then you'd have the random wide it view. It varied. It really did vary, but there was like the couple random videos that got a lot of views at the time. I remember uh Heatless Curls for your hair was a huge video at the time, so a lot of girls were doing different things like they'd put a pencil in their hair and they'd like twirl their hair into it and then like sleep with them in and then in the morning they'd take out the pencils in their hair and have these natural curls so no heat no damage to the hair strands um so i remember buying these foam rollers from this store called sally's beauty supply and i put them in my hair and they're the most painful things to sleep on and the morning i like took them all out i was like they don't look that bad and i filmed this whole like before and after process and it got like forty-five thousand views that was in grade seven so what was your regular views at that point few hundred like 400 500 on every video that's pretty good like it would it would depend but yeah i would say it varied around that wow and this one so what how did that did that shock you or did you have any did you even realize kind of what that was that forty thousand people had looked at you put curling wands in your hair or whatever they are not really i think it was more shocking as time went on i started to understand youtube analytics a little more and it was a little more like digressed and people made more videos in general about analytics that that's when I started to realize. But at the time when I was young, I that didn't really matter to me. I was like, oh, wow, people like this video. That's great. But Is that your most viewed video to this day? 
it's close. There's one that has, I think, five to 10K less, and it's a swimmer try on haul, which that one was filmed recently, like within the last couple months. So that it's kind of the difference of you understand why, what, how, how that whole large view, viewership video works versus getting them at 12 years old, getting that same 40,000 people seeing yeah. that. Even right, even that newer video, you kind of understand the reasonings for why that video would get more views. Yes. For for those listening, it's the thumbnail is obviously in bikinis, so that's interesting to people online. Those videos always get lots of views. A swimwear try on, girls watch that, guys watch that. Like, there, whether you like it or not, there is a reason that a girl with less clothes on on, on a video title and thumbnail is going to get more views whether that is positive or not. Like there's a whole debate about the content versus the actual posting. So those influencers will make really try hard on a real video and it'll get a thousand views and they'll get really sad about it. And they'll post a picture or um, a video of them in bikinis and they'll get a hundred thousand views. And it's really just degrading to mm-hmm. know that a video doesn't matter how much work you put in because people are going to click the one where you're naked anyways. Right. But it's not like I posted it because of that reason. Like I genuinely needed to buy swimwear for a vacation coming up and summer was coming up too. So it was like, why not? And I might as well make content out of it as well. So yeah, and there it was all depth. kind of hand in hand. There was depth to you, your video that I noticed versus, on, kind of versus a regular try and haul. You gave enough content for it to be like, oh, okay, this is a real video. She's not just... Right. Especially because your channel's not even monetized yet. So there's no reason you would have to even post a video like that if you didn't actually want to make that video. Right. Which I think there's an aspect of goodness to that almost that you're not monetized yet because every video you're making is because you actually want to make it. Solely based on like what I enjoy. Even if you make that swimmer, no one can say, oh, you're just being a sellout. You're not even making any money (laughs) off it. So at some point, hopefully you can continue making only videos you enjoy, but there will get to a point where you are being paid for these videos now. So someone might be like, well, you just made that swimmer video because you're right. Cause you right. want to get paid. Mm-hmm. So sorry, you can continue with your growth on the YouTube. Why did you get that name? Think in pink one Oh, one. I got it from a nail polish. If uh, there's some female listeners out there that really enjoy OPI, which was like a huge brand at the time. Now nobody even really buys nail polish. They just paid to get them done in salon with shellac because it lasts so much longer. But it was an OPI nail polish called Think in Pink. And uh, YouTube at the time, everybody's handle, at least in the beauty world, was named after an eyeshadow, a nail polish, a blush, a a freaking... designer nobody Anything had but their name yeah and now it's the complete opposite once youtube gave that option it's like everybody went to just their first name last name i think it was because the platform went from usernames to your channel name kind of your name because i think youtube started off as the way you would go to a blog you don't write your name your name is not your name yeah on a blog. i'm not you even would... sure if they gave you an option at the time like you had to have some type of like a username yeah, yeah. mine every blog i whatever anything i make a username for it's just kieran 11 but yeah. i wouldn't that's probably what i would have made my youtube channel name at that point right right but now it, it would just be your name you most for the difference of now everyone's channel is just their name yeah except for the few people that might be left yeah so years have gone by you kept the channel active do you keep posting actively I do. Um, now I'm consistently posting twice a week. Uh, as I was kind of growing throughout the years, it was very inconsistent. Um, with school usually being the number one priority, YouTube was kind of always on the side. So so throughout high school, it got a little bit. Yeah. And you started, so it was grade six, 
Sorry, five. Seven. Grade seven. seven. And then throughout the last, and then did you pick it up more frequently or was there kind of periods where you'd start posting frequently and then kind of die for a little while? Or Yeah, like I would say, well, my hands weren't as full. So when I was in college, um, I was doing okay with posting consistently in the first year and then second year just like hit me like a ton of bricks. So it was really hard to come home after like a long day of class and the gym and after like you're done cooking, the last thing you want to do is like edit at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and then get up and go to school and do it all over again. So it was a little harder. And then, you know, just having roommates that didn't like support it. That was also, you know. So throughout high school, how was that kind of experience for you just in general as a as a high school student? You're it was honestly I didn't have enough of a following for it to be I don't want to say made fun of but I feel like so many people did get like made fun of for those things that like people like I watched out of the box yeah but I feel like more people thought it was cool or they would ask can I be on your channel and I would a lot of time it wouldn't make sense and I was like what do I say to this person like I have no idea what I'm gonna film with them um, so but other than that in high school what was your experience like as a non-youtuber just as a student a teenager what did you do i know you i know personally that you majored in dance for a while so how did that go how did you like you mean the balance between them all no just how your high school experience was so oh so this is a completely separate just as a person i feel like i was a little ripped off if i'm being honest and why is that because hearing the person's typical I guess like average. No, because I feel like ours was average. The typical person's high school experience with there being, you know, the uh, football games on Friday nights and there'd be like the cheerleaders and it'd be like a huge school spirit thing. Everyone would dress up and go and support no matter what. Um, So football just being one thing um, when I was in ninth grade. For reference, we didn't have a football team. Yeah, I was just going to say that in grade nine, we had a football team and then the rest of the following years there was nothing so almost like the american dream high school yes experience which everyone could probably visualize we didn't have much of that we were very much an arts focused school with the programs we had more dancers and drawers and musicians than any kind of athletes and it was a catholic school as well so i feel like that contributed a little bit to it i find that with some of the public schools it was more I don't know, a little more freedom, a little more of that high school experience, a typical high school experience. Well, the closest public school to us had probably 4,000 students. We only had 1,000 throughout the whole school. So that was you true. divide that by the grades. We had 300. You probably knew everybody in your grade, at least, if not the whole school almost. Right, right. So there's a positive and negative to that, of course. But it also seems like the uniform of a Catholic school there's the downsides to that of the fact you can't really express yourself which would take away from a lot of kids but at the same time i i think that the logic behind why they do it is because there's no paywall between the kids that are cool and the kids that aren't cool so if the kid comes up in supreme and one kid's wearing blue notes no one's gonna get bullied based on what they're wearing kind of thing so you all have to wear the same shirt the same pants and there's no there's no style difference you can't make fun of anyone's style all that kind of stuff i feel like that's why they introduce it just to make a uniformity throughout what everyone has to wear so you can't all that kind of stuff yeah but at the same time people were flexing in other ways with what they were driving with you know the houses they lived in the parties they'd throw yeah absolutely but the school can't control that the that's school true. can't say move that's true. and get a new car you can't drive to school so but I, I think there's a backhand to that that the fact that it's an art school you'd almost want these kids to express them, express themselves more in a way that's not just in the classroom 
Yeah, like when we had like City's with Day, their style and things like that. Yeah, I feel like more people would try to go full out in what they're wearing because that was really the only day of the month where they could express themselves. So for you guys that are not familiar, you could wear your own clothes. What was it like dress down day? So you wouldn't wear a uniform school and you'd wear whatever you wanted. Yeah, I don't know if people would take that approach. I know you took that approach of you would go. I would all say out all the girls did. A lot of the girls I knew did, and it, we would be like texting about it, sending each other Snapchats what we're wearing guys maybe not so much but there were some guys that did dress like decent and i feel like it would be you try or you wear things that are super comfortable and it goes the opposite no one would just wear like regular you either wear super comfortable clothes or you try, try to make a nice outfit <laughs> yeah there's nothing really in between or you forgot like i did many a times so i probably <laughs> didn't wear civvies more civvies days than i did just because i didn't realize what day it was right i didn't have that much time in the morning to do that right so you're in high school now maybe move past high school what's next for you um i decided i wanted to go to university well for the longest time i thought university was like the next step and i wanted to go to I'm, i can say it right i don't see why not okay so i want to go to western university um for a media program since i was in grade eight not knowing a lot about it though just knowing it was a media program um had you known someone who went in or something no i didn't um i think i heard through a grapevine from my dance studio or something um and then obviously i did more research when it was time to go school hunting and like apply and all that stuff um applied to a few other schools or i guess universities and then also colleges and when i got into western i thought that that was the right decision to make since it's the the one i've been wanting to make for since whatever grade eight um, and then only lasted a semester, not even, I actually dropped out right before exams and I moved home for the remaining of the semester. And like, I guess second semester made back all that money I lost and, um, reapplied to a college that I actually applied to at the same time I was applying to universities and colleges. And I got accepted the first time to the program and I got accepted again, which I was super thankful for. Um, so before you go past that, how mm-hmm. was that experience? Describe your university experience while you were there for that semester, and but more than just it didn't work out. Like how? Why didn't it work out? What did you enjoy about it? Okay, so the program that I applied to and got in was a little more competitive than the other media program. This program has actually now been cut um, completely from the school. So my year going in was the last will be the last graduating class from it. So it was called Media Theory and Production, and it was combined with the college that I actually currently graduated from. Um, So you did four years in combination of being at the university and then being at the college. So you'd get your, like, lectures, and then you'd also get your hands-on experience. And would that be throughout each year you do both, or you do two years at the university, two years at the college? Uh, So first year you would do all university Second year, you would do all college and one course at the university. Third year, you would do all university and one course at the college. And then fourth year, you do all at the college and one at the university. Okay. It's so de- definitely an odd... Did I know. To, would you have to change where you're living almost? Well, It was, yeah, it, it was an issue for a couple girls in my program. Their bus, bus rides, I guess their public transportation was awful on those like snowy winter days because if they lived closer to you know the western university campus as opposed to Fanshawe that year because all their roommates were going to western it was definitely like a burden in the morning for sure yeah it seems pretty difficult that you try to pick the perfect location for everything about your 
school and then your school changes the next year and you your bus ride maybe 10 15 20 minutes longer yeah and then you have to go for that one class really so yeah it seems a little bit odd i know so so the courses were you enjoying it were you struggling how was your social life there so my social life was good just because everyone on my floor was in the same program so whether they're in media theory and production or the other media program was media information techniculture um, which more people were in that program there's only a select few of us like maybe five on the floor that were in mtp um it was nice that like we could all talk about the same homework we were all getting so whether it was the essays or the profs or whatever um social life was pretty good it was mainly girls on the floor and just a few guys um but the actual classes were not for me um there was certain ones that you had to take which is like in all cases i find for any program really that there are like your electives and then your your ones that you have to take um and they were just such big classes and you just felt like another number in the class as opposed to being an actual person and like getting to know yeah yeah you're just being spoken to exactly um no one would care if you missed a class it was really it was a different world for sure um i feel like that is normal because me going to i had the same experience nobody cares if you miss class etc but they don't kind of let you know that that's going to happen in high school i don't think they prepare you enough they tell you but i don't know i feel like there would be some ways that they need to rearrange their curriculum because in grade 12 the teachers a couple teachers will say they don't care if you go to class so you have to do your work but there's a lot of restructuring that would probably need to go on for high schools to prepare you better for university. 100%. One of those being that pro program and learning on your own or critical thinking, problem solving. There's a lot of issues with schooling that we can go through, but just continue then, I guess. Um, yeah, I was really not happy with how much work I was getting and stuff that I wasn't enjoying doing. So as much as I liked writing, it was really hard for me to just be writing essays all the time or just to be doing constant readings on things I didn't even understand or I would never be like able to apply to my life afterwards so um I feel that not to interrupt you but the way that you go about learning things is you struggle a lot to learn the history or you almost don't care about the history of things but you'll are willing to learn the present and the future you're interested in what you can see now and where it's going to go but learning the things that have already happened, the old stuff, the stuff that's not relevant anymore, the history behind it, it seems like that's not your area of interest or expertise in most in most areas, not just in schooling. Would you say that's that? You don't think that's true. So no, what? I don't. <laughs> you really? You, you said you're a visual let's learner. Let's fast forward. But you're so, a visual learner. Yes. So yes. the things that are back in history, you can't really tangibly experience now. So I feel like you would get to gravitate and attach yourself more to what you can right okay. now half agree then there's certain examples so let's fast forward i drop out of university okay i go home and work and then when i go to school the next following fall um semester and i'm in college there was a film course where he um the prof would bring in like old cameras with films and stuff like that so when he would be going over the history he would have the history to show you so it was way more intriguing than just copying a bunch of slides down or answering a bunch of questions from readings that you have to read like 50 to 100 pages more whatever it is so the theory of what i was saying was correct you needed to be able to experience what you were learning because the future yeah, so and half true, the future still, and the present yeah. no yeah but i was wrong in the fact that 
in a user in a, in a university you're not going to get that no teachers bringing in a camera for you to help uh, teach <laughs> right. you with so with the for, for so for you just hearing, having to watch these old movies um maybe black and white worse acting something like that the special effects are bad and you just maybe the storyline is super deep and from a classical movie point of view it might be something there but you just have a harder time grasping that because it's not so relevant to you or relevant to what we're currently about now in society or deriving messages from old things maybe more difficult whereas getting the point of a movie now like for movie essays was that would you struggle with that like classical movie essays and having to write theory on about them and things like not that not in college when i was learning no in university Yes. But in college, it would be that I'm going through the reason of why you didn't succeed in university. If college, you got more hands on help, no? Yes. So that, that would be leading to you being more successful. But there was still, and I've talked to my dad about this specifically, a course in college that was more theory based and you'd be watching movies. And then there's a university version of that course. And I think that the teacher played a huge component in that because the college version was very similar but just so much better because he was so passionate about the topic and would do anything to help you understand and dive so much deeper as opposed to the other prof was like we need to get through these slides i'm not posting anything catch what i'm saying because i don't care like however you do on the exam is however you do like that's on you yeah absolutely there's definitely outliers where a horrible teacher will really influence your success in a program or a school or a great teacher will really influence your success or lack thereof in a program or even just retaining the information regardless of your mark it's really not about the mark you need to actually keep the information that's the whole point of going just because you can get a grade if a teacher can help you learn it actually is regarding as opposed to just memorizing it that's a lot more beneficial for being in that classroom yes so you left school and you now, what did you do to earn that money back? What was the job you were doing? I did a few. So a good portion of my life, I've bounced between job and job. Um, there weren't many times where I was only working one. So when I got home, it was more like, I need to make money. I need to make money fast. Because, grind. Yeah, I, I lost a lot. My dad, um, shout out to him, helped me write some very nice professional letters to the University of Western. And there was a lot of going to the um, administration office and trying to get some money back. But um, I went successful home. in that or any? Yeah, any? yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't get back as much as we thought we would, but we got back enough to be happy with. And did, would you, are you okay sharing like how you went about that? What you kind of claimed as why you need to go home and things like that? Or do you kind of just want to leave that where it is? I just don't even remember all the details. So I wouldn't even be able to share. I don't think I gave many of why I was dropping out. I think it had to do more with, I just, just missed the deadline of like how much money you could get back for certain courses and because my program was combined with the college it was so much more difficult it was such a gray area that they're like "Mm, not sure if we can give you this much and it was was more more of a battle that way trying to finagle the timing than the reasoning of being like oh i'm really can't handle it here that kind of stuff right as opposed to i missed it by a couple days like give me a break yeah okay yeah so now go ahead with what jobs you're so i worked at sport check as a sales advisor in the soft goods department so if anyone's unfamiliar with that that'll be clothing yes (laughs) um honestly 
it was my least favorite job other than one gardening job I did. I just, I'm such a social talkative person that folding clothes and hanging them when people got to go into the change rooms, it was like the most exciting part of my day. So you enjoyed the aspect of helping people find what they're looking for, but not when there wasn't somebody there. Correct. Like a customer. When there wasn't a customer there, you really did not enjoy the menial tasks you had to do. Right. And you also had daytime availability, which a lot of these people probably didn't have at that time because you weren't in school. So you're probably getting a lot of daytime shifts, which maybe a little bit less And it was busy. right after, mm, yeah, it was right after Christmas, I want to say. So it wasn't busy anymore. You During know the day. Mean? So mm-hmm. you can maybe have a couple customers all day. Right. And other than that, you're having to do things. So yeah, right. I fully see why that would be. And then I worked at... Uh, pool as a lifeguard and swim instructor which I still do time to time Um, it's just always the go-to backup job at this point as long as your certifications stay current then you're good to go. When did you become a lifeguard? 16 when you're eligible for the city we live in. So from that point that's always been one of your jobs ever since grade 10? Yes. Okay. And then the other one which was totally unexpected I was going to just divide my time between sport check and um, lifeguarding and instructing um, when I applied to all these jobs, when I came home, I never thought that this one would ever give me a call. And it was funny cause I was in the sport check change room at a different mall, not the store that I was currently at trying stuff on with my discount. So excited to use it for like the first time. And I got a call from the manager at Starbucks and he said that he saw my application go through online and he wants to see if I can come in for an interview like ASAP. So I think it was like the next day or the day after. And I almost said no because I thought like two jobs were already enough. But then when I went home to talk to my parents, my dad's like, no, like this is a great opportunity. Like, let's see what he can offer. Like we can figure out the like other kinks later. So I accepted the interview, went to the interview, then got hired on the spot and was asked what day I could start. I wasn't ready to answer that because Sportcheck had no idea about Starbucks. And then eventually when I accepted Starbucks, Starbucks had no idea about Sportcheck the whole time I worked at both. How long did you work at both? Oh, gosh. Sport check? <laughs> like four months, three months. How not much long. overlap was there, though, I mean, of three, mm. technically three jobs at this point? Two months, maybe. Okay. Two, and so you would months. just kind of, whoever posted the schedule first, you'd book no, those days? No, I, I told Sport check the three days I wanted to work. No, it's two. I think I only limited it to two because I didn't like it there at all. <laughs> um, and then I gave Starbucks my other three days. And I th- maybe I had one at the pool. I started phasing out of the pool because I think I was just more excited to have the other jobs. Because again, I've been doing lifeguarding and swim instructing since I was in 10th grade. And hours were kind of hard to pick up at that time because everyone had their shits, set shifts for that session. Okay. So after, did you keep, when did you drop sport check? And then maybe you keep going with Starbucks. How does that go? Because in the summer, I picked up camps. So I was an H2O leader. So I was a camp leader, but we'd have the teaching swimming component in the morning, and then they'd have a fun swim in the afternoon. And then I didn't want to burn up my weekends with sport check and Starbucks. So I just gave availability to Starbucks, which I didn't even want to do at that point because I was getting pretty burnt out working outside all summer. But knowing I was going to school in the fall, my thought was that I would transfer to a Starbucks that was a five minute walk down the street of my apartment in London, which was where I went to school. Fanshawe so, at this point. We're, yes. we're going to Fanshawe next Yeah, <laughs> we're going to Fanshawe <laughs> College. So that's why I kept that and dragged it out a little longer just so I was able to transfer after. So once the summer hits, you transition out of um, Starbucks and the odd lifeguarding shift into 40 hours a week of being... The camp leader? Yeah, I was a camp leader that summer. 
and you would just keep Starbucks a day or two on the weekend. Yep. And how did that summer go? How was that? Was that hard? Was it? Um, honestly, I can't remember it being that hard. I was burnt out time to time, but I remember it being a pretty fun summer, not going to lie. Okay. And then so you're now going to Fanshawe. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? So how did you go on residence because you were now first year again? <laughs> how is being one year older than maybe... Well, for college, it seems like almost a lot of people aren't the age that you start I was just going to say that. Nobody in my program that I knew was the age, I guess, a first year would would be. Yeah, in my program specifically. So did that make transitioning into a brand new area easier? Because you didn't have to worry about kind of being that weird one who was a year older. Because I feel like in university, that's very most people are the age of that yeah. first year student. Like I'm literally picturing right now, like sitting in my film lecture in university and there was like an old guy and everyone's like, like just turns their head because it's just not seen. And he, he, he didn't even need to go to school. He was just like, I'm just here for the enjoyment of this class. Like I just love film. It's kind of the, you realize in first year of university that you can't go to bars. So it, there's almost a whole lifestyle. So you go to parties instead of bars for a while. Some people start getting their ID. So then you start going to bars a little bit. So there's a whole thing that maybe that college life didn't have so much because it wasn't so much of that strict age limit here second year you're this age third year you're this age yeah i would say college was more chill like in general with teachers with classes with um just with everything um the transition was a little nerve-wracking at first just because i no longer talked to anyone at uh, western at that point um the only person i did was my roommate um, who went to Western for meds, medical science. So yeah, I was going to Fanshawe. She was going to Western. I made a completely new group of friends. My first day of orientation was, I remember walking in the halls being like every single person here is a male. Like, I think I see five girls I can count on my hands. Um, and I met one girl, we knocked it out of the park. We became really close. Um, and that definitely helped the transition. Um, but some people were still on res, not a lot, which was kind of nice to hear because we all had to make that effort to come and kind of meet in the middle when we wanted to go out as opposed to like in university, you'd always be like, Oh, come pre-drink in my room before we go out. Um, or there'd be like a floor party. So you didn't go on res. I did not. Yeah. Where did you, how did the process of getting your apartment? Oh man, or- that's another story in its own. Um, I think I viewed like 30 houses. I was so sick of looking at houses by the end of it. Um, I found my apartment in downtown London, Ontario. I loved it. It was like a very comfortable space. Um, Me and my roommate got along at the time. And I don't regret living in the apartment. It was a little far from school because I was taking public transit, but it was close to every other amenity. Um, yeah, and so public transportation home back to my hometown, which we're currently in. So that made it worthwhile. Yeah, the apartment you lived in was above a restaurant down in downtown where the schools are kind of a little bit on the outskirts. So you were near all the bars, all the restaurants, everything that was really happening. Drugstore, bank, the yeah, Greyhounds, Via Rail. You were close to getting back home. You said like the train station, everything like that. So Dollarama, as the long beer as you're store. willing to accept that kind of a little bit longer commute in the morning you can have a much better experience of the quality of life up there with the ease of getting places even just you able to walk to anything you need to walk to that's well the good thing was is that um the way my college classes were structured i don't know how it is for all programs but for mine specifically the section i was in and when you're grouped with 
your section, your classes are pretty back to back. So I didn't have to really come home and go back. If there was an hour or two break in between, that would give me time to do work or eat lunch and catch up with a friend and then go right into the next class. So I didn't even really need to waste that time going home and coming back. If I was going home, I was staying home. Yeah. I've living here and going to school, but also commuting still is, is kind of like that. You kind of get trapped at school. So you're yeah. either there for the whole day or you're not coming back. Yeah. And that's almost a weird place to be in for you. I guess you made good, good use of it. Yeah. And my experience, you just go to the lounge and go on a computer or you go sit in a booth and just waste three hours. Yeah. I guess you're supposed to do homework. But I, I try to be productive. Like I try to stay busy so I can relax later in the night or go out or whatever my plans are. So do you feel like you had a pretty good handle on how you had a, to schedule your time? Did you have good time management? Yeah, I was a little nervous because um, I didn't know the, the, I guess, the drastic change, like how it would be from university to college. Like there was more classes you're in per semester, but I don't know, the workload was more divvied out. Um, so was going out part of something you would schedule or would you I would just- try, I would try. The random message that came up in a group chat being like, oh, who's down to go out tonight? Honestly, more time than not, I wouldn't because it wasn't pre-scheduled. Like I wouldn't have kind of planned out my meals for the day or my gym routine, whether I was doing in the morning or after class. By the time, like I said, transit was a little bit of a longer duration. So even though I was the closest one to downtown out of every single one of my friends, just the process of getting ready and all that was... and then it's you have to thing. think about the next morning, all right. that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. So you just mentioned the gym. I want to get to that in a little bit. But yeah. um, how many, how often a week would you say you were going out? And um, I want to say the same as I'm going now, four times a week. Like I was pretty... Four times a week? Yeah. Like you'd go out to drink four times a oh, week? Oh, I thought you said the gym. No, no. I want to talk about the gym later. Oh. But <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> First of all, I didn't know you went out to drink four times a week now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how many times? Um, what did you find to kay. be what you could really fit in Less your schedule? Less than what I did at Western. So at college, since there was so much more, hmm, like once or twice a week. Okay. And, and you in, found that you could keep on top of your score. Did, yes. you, did you keep a really good grades or just yes, kind of yes, got yes. by? I was always on the dean's list. Um, okay, is that different than honor roll, or is that what honor roll is? <laughs> it's pretty much honor roll. Yeah. Okay, there's no like '90s list, and that's the pro deans list or something like that. Can you graduate with so. honors and then super honors or something? No, like that? no. Because no. I remember in high school we had the honor roll, and then you had the dolphin club. And yeah, honor dolphin roll was, was our 80s. mascot. So honor roll was '80s, and dolphin club was '90s. And '90s, I think. No, maybe it was a little higher, like '92 or '94 and above. I think I was on the dolphin club one year. I don't think I ever had a '90. Maybe I had a just 90 and that's what got me on. I think it was 90s. I don't think I don't think it was 92. I couldn't recall. I, I was on the Dolphin Club one year. I just had to give us a lot of flex. So, <laughs> um, so the gym, when did that start? Because we haven't talked about that at all. We haven't heard anything about that. Um, would that would well, you... I started to get more serious with it um, when I was at Western, for sure. But Western gym was more intimidating to me. I felt like... I don't mean to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It was just like a bunch of meatheads and it was not super comfortable working out at Fanshawe. It was a little bit different. 
And Western does have a really big kind of powerlifting program. Like they are intense there. So if you're just starting at the gym, you could see why it would be very intimidating. Yeah. Like, Like, did you just start going to the gym at Western or had you already started? I started like at the end of grade 12, but I want to say like consistently I started going at Western and then at Fanshawe, I had like my routine. Like I would go however many times a week, which like I said, it was approximately four. Um, And I would always schedule time for that, whether it was before class, after class, in between class, whatever made sense. And what kind of going to the gym was this? So a lot of people, they might start off killing themselves with cardio or <laughs> doing random, oh, I like this at machine today. At what point? Today. When I was at college, in college? Just your progression. So when you had started in grade 12, you would go the odd time and do something and then you got more into it and you'd start with this. Okay. Like how so did your progression of We're getting to the gym part now then. Sure. Okay. So when I was in grade 12, I had two spares which is kind of rare. And apparently they're supposed to sign you off on that as like the administration. And they just... I believe it qualifies you to be a part-time student. Yeah, I was a part-time student. And me and my mom were talking about like working out. And she was like, let's go like gym hunting. So we went to LA Fitness and my mom fell in love with it and the price like right off the bat, like during our tour. She said, okay, sign us both up like we're in. And then we told my sister and my dad about it. And then they both signed up too. So it was basically like a family plan. Did they give you a deal? Was there some kind of family plan There was. Deal? I can't remember what it was, but it was good enough for us all to sign up because my dad's not a gym person. So it was definitely a good enough deal for all of us to sign up. But they had a pool and that's why he was intrigued to just get it. Yeah. For, um, well, for reference, LA Fitness is a big box com- commercial gym here with usually having a pool, squash courts, and a basketball gym, tons of cardio area, um, not the greatest, like working out weightlifting equipment for like the pure weightlifter kind of guy, the person who's really serious about the training. It's You think about a big good life type of gym, and that's what LA Fitness is. It's almost a bougie version of good life, You people would think about it. so, And they actually have a pretty good price point, which is why they probably get a lot of people. There's an initiation fee, which they kind of get you with, and then it's usually about 40 40-ish dollars a month. So that's yeah. probably why they get a lot of that membership. So that's where they got you. How was yeah. that experience? Um, it was good. So uh, they freaking get you when you're a newbie. Um, get a free consultation and then you fall in love with a personal trainer. Maybe that was just my experience. I don't know. Fall in love with, <laughs> just so we're clear. Fall in love with the personal so trainer. I didn't like my personal trainer per se. Um, he was kind of a creep, but my sister's personal trainer was awesome. Young guy, super nice, outgoing, funny, um, super cute. <laughs> so, um, I can't remember what the deal was, but somehow we managed to finagle my mom into thinking we should get a personal trainer. So we committed to a year. So six months for me, and my sister. And then the other deal was the other six months would go to my mom. Um, so the first six months we were with our personal trainer, Billy. Was this right when you guys signed up? So pretty, pretty much, much right when you started working out, it pretty was with much. a personal trainer? Yeah. Honestly, I don't... The the workouts you could literally find on YouTube that he showed us. But I remember we did ask him to show us how to squat properly. And he did show us that. And it was just enjoyable to like be around him and his other best friend personal trainer because they were just such a fun time. Like every time we were there, we just wanted to be personal trained because they just made it enjoyable. You're just kind of hanging out with him and yeah, paying him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's Base- funny because like fast forward running into him at a bar now, it's just like... When did that happen? Uh, last summer. So... Um, based on what you know now, was his information of how to squat properly? Would you say that was good information? Yes. Um, I remember like saying the bar felt weird on my back, and he like laughed. He's like, "Yeah, like that's something you'll get used to." And I was like, "But it's so weird." And like, I think we, me and my sister were being a little dramatic, but we we're also like kids. Like we were young to be doing that. I feel like it's it wasn't, especially my sister. 
grade 10? Yeah. It depends. There's places where grade nine, you start working out because you're, that school is very athletic. And right. there's places, kids who Depending don't get into uni- working so. out until university. Yeah. But anywhere from grade nine, that's where a lot of people may, may start working out. For myself, I think it was the end of grade 10. Yeah. We went to some random gym. We started working out just because. And then I think grade, beginning of grade 12, we signed up for Alley Fitness as well, me and my friend Griffin. Other way, any, anyways, so you get through your six months of uh, personal training. Did you change anything, the way you're eating, or did uh, you kind of join this fitness movement, or were you just kind of living your same life? Were you dancing still at this point? Right. So I majored in the dance program, grade 9, grade 10, grade 11. I dropped out for multiple reasons, but the one I'm just going to, like, I guess, disclose on here is that my interests kind of shift, and I, I wanted to spend my time on other things like dance wasn't my favorite thing to do anymore like I didn't want to be there every single day and then have to perform in a year-end show like now thinking about it I don't know it's like I miss it but at the time it seemed like the best decision well now you've had time to miss dance right you, you always you can look back at something that you didn't like at the time and find the positives in it a lot of times that'll happen so you maybe didn't love it at the time but now looking back you miss the good things about it and you just forget all the bad things so you could see why you might say now, oh, you know, maybe I should have stuck in it. But if you still feel like that was the better thing to do, then that probably was the best thing to do for you. Right. At the time, for sure. Um, So your activity level, you'd assume kind of would lower at that point then if you just had more free time and you were taking regular classes. Not being in dance made me get that gym membership. Now that I'm thinking about it and being a part-time student for a semester, like I had the time obviously to put into that. So I think I went to the gym on my like, two spares in the middle of the day with my mom like i'd go home pick her up go to the gym go home eat lunch then go back for my last class of the day that um, would be so i would never go back to that last class <laughs> yeah but i liked that class a lot and i enjoyed the teacher so and so was there a reason for you joining the gym specifically or just because your mom was like let's just work out did yeah. it did it turn into something later it like did. oh i want to yes yes so when did that or where did that start when it, did, did nutrition ever come part of it or were you just I can't winging it? say it was one thing particular. I feel like multiple factors kind of came all together. So certain people I watched on YouTube, um, I enjoyed workouts they'd post. My boyfriend would also kind of... That's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, educate me on things he was learning about, about the gym. and. Well, that was right when I was just starting to get really heavy into it. I would say... Like, it was an addiction with the amount of, like, stuff you talk about time. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. The end of grade 12 and then the beginning of first year for me was where I learned... Like, your heaviest load. Yeah, because it, going it's the same thing with working out. You get the most pay return on your investment in the first year of working out. So you'll gain the most amount of muscle in your first year of working out. When you go from a beginner to an intermediate in pretty much anything you're learning... That's the time you're going to learn the most amount of things. Going from an intermediate to an expert, you're learning a lot less, but a lot deeper into the things that aren't so much. So you may learn five things from an intermediate to expert, but you learn everything about those five things. And from beginner to intermediate, you may learn 100 things, how to squat, what to eat, how much to do, all that kind of stuff. So that's I was really heavy into all that kind of stuff at that point. And then I would obviously share that it would just rub off addiction <laughs> to you. Yeah. Yeah. Which got overwhelming at times, but... Yeah. Well, 
yeah it's like any addiction you know like and you just start talking about it talking about it talking about it and that's you know your main topic for the day did my interest in this field bring you to be more interested in it or had you already done a little bit of learning yourself or were you just annoyed like I don't care about this I just go to the gym to see Billy like where where's your head at um no you and my sister for sure got me more into it there was a phase because you asked earlier in the podcast um kind of what my phases were with the gym and there was one point where it was just like heavy cardio eating shitty and then doing heavy cardio like a stupid so amount go to the gym to burn off the f- shitty food that you'd eaten just to eat it again yeah, it was like just it, it was wasn't just a, a good circle of the reason the reason you went to the gym is so you could eat worse food <laughs> right so um my sister and you kind of pulled me out of that uh were you happy with that system or was it just with you guys pulling me out you know, of it with the way you were working out at that point did you know any better were you just no i like, i fully knew that it is? wasn't good so that was the silly part and i was just like whatever like i'm not going to gain muscle anyway i was just like thinking the lowest of the low mm-hmm. and i don't really know what the switch was to get me into into the groove of like maybe it was the was compound that before movements? your personal training or during i think i was done personal training now i think billy or it was a different personal trainer Billy left. I totally forgot to say that. My personal trainer left the gym and he gave me and my sister two weeks. And my sister and I were like, I think we're gonna have to get mom started early because like we don't want any other personal trainer. Like Billy was our favorite. Okay. So that th- and then note, after that, you had started doing this cardio. Yeah, so I started cycle. doing the cardio and then there was no switch that went off. I think it was just like my you'd sister me, and you telling me over and over again or you'd see us just doing regular workouts yeah and also i also was that was my time where i was still intimidated with the weight section at our gym especially i think it was uninviting the people that were there made it uninviting um it was very close together with the dumbbells and there was maybe two three squat racks like exactly. you wouldn't want to be sectioned off in the women's only room which there's nothing wrong with that if you're comfortable working out just in there and your workouts get done great whatever that's great um i didn't want to be sectioned off the whole point of going to the gym for me was like the environment and being in the open space not closed off in a closet um but it was just that if you're being intimidated by these really strong guys or someone who's making noise that's really loud or something to make you not feel comfortable there, being really tight packed in with all those people in that one area is going to be hard, especially because if a lot of the things you want to be doing is around a squat rack for 100%. a lot of girls, they just want to start squatting. That's a mm-hmm. big thing. That's pretty much the only exercise they might even know at that point is, oh, I have to squat to get a bum. So especially with that gym only having, what, two squat racks? Yeah. So if those are used, Three. then you're kind of just sitting there like, mm, do I start with something else? And I think another thing was I was so scared to try equipment without being shown. And if I wasn't fully confident in knowing what I was doing, I would not touch it. So even if my sister would recommend something over and over and over again and she'd be telling me over text, I would not touch it until she showed me and was like with me because I was so embarrassed if I were to mess something up or look like a fool in front of all of these people. As opposed to now, I'll try it and if it something happens like okay at least i tried it like now i know how the machine works but at the time it was a completely different mindset i think there's still a benefit to that though because the way you work out from my from my perspective what i see now is that you do everything so properly with your technique that i think that stems from you wouldn't do something improperly so you never developed like bad habits with squatting or trying machines and just kind of oh yeah this is how you use this machine you would make sure that you knew how to do it properly or you wouldn't do it at all so i think that maybe 
brought you along, took you longer to get into something. But now once you do an exercise, if you don't feel it, you either ask me and or kind of say like, what am I doing wrong? How do I do this perfectly? I want to do this perfectly or I'm not doing it. <laughs> and I think that's really good. A lot of people don't work out properly. For me, it took me probably two years to learn how to bench press properly. And I thought I was just doing the movement the whole time, but I would never feel it. Never, right. my chest would never grow or anything like that. I would just go through the motions because you're supposed to bench press. But the other things I could kind of feel a little bit more. I would just never figure out how to do that. Whereas if I took that time to, because you never just want to sit there working with the bar for a long time, yeah, 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 properly learning and stuff like that. You just kind of want to get into the weights, which is rushing into it's a lot of times where people go wrong, like myself. At that point, at the very beginning of my time, you literally just go with your friend and whatever weight did they did, you just you, you do that weight or yeah. something similar. Yeah. Oh, that's a little bit too heavy. Drop it one. And then what <laughs> yeah. did we do last week? I have no idea. So that all that kind of bad habits you develop. So it's a good I think it's a good thing that you almost didn't do things until you knew that you were doing them right. I think it also comes from my sister being so harsh. Like if anyone knows knows my sister, it was like if I was doing something wrong, I was like, What are you doing? Like it was very blunt, almost embarrassing because she does talk kind of loudly as well and i wouldn't want to be seen doing it wrong ever again so i would make sure she corrected me even though it was kind of rudely um as my boyfriend would do it in a very uh more respectful educational way she shamed you into learning the equipment yeah, pretty much yeah <laughs> are you stupid <laughs> she's like what do you mean you're not feeling it <laughs> feel it harder um okay so then when did you so just as time went on you got into the weights more so i think I guess when I really started to get into it was, I don't even know what really get into it even means, but Stephanie Buttermore, which is an influencer, um, she released a program, a glute program, um, and it was beginner slash intermediate or just beginner. I can't remember. I think even point. before that point, you had maybe thought about food more or nutrition more. So you had kind of took more interest before even doing that program. That was pretty recently. At grade 12 or first year, you didn't think about nutrition at all or what I, it may have had effect on your workouts? I did, but not, no, not really. Not I, It was after Western for sure. So you, before Western, it was just do some workouts and then everything else while your life was it the was, same. It was kind of like learning the movements, um, seeing how much weight I can handle on compound movements um, and getting comfortable in the gym in general so the only part of your life that fitness occupied was that time in the gym that maybe hour hour and a half yeah and they uh, weren't right when you walked out the door it yeah. was i'm regular again doesn't matter i'll do everything the same yeah yeah okay and then when this program came out you had already been following more of a fitness youtube this your whole youtube viewership has changed now yeah yeah honestly that's really funny that you mentioned that because starting with beauty videos and watching beauty videos and i I've unsubscribed to a lot of them and it's not to say that I don't like their content. It's still good content. It's just not my preferred content to watch anymore. I don't want to necessarily use my time to watch how to apply eyeshadow and what colors complement each other. Um, I think vlogs and a little bit of fitness incorporated into them with some cinema- cinematography. Yeah, like that was... That's up but I think that's now. not true. I think you do not like their content anymore, but that doesn't mean they make bad content. It's just your interests have changed. They may maybe still make great content, but it's just not for you anymore. So it's just that you've your interest and your likingness. Sure, I'll has just say select, I'm very selective of who I watch in the beauty world. So at that point where you were still just working out but nothing else, you had started watching more videos about people who would work out also. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think 
a lot of people that are into fitness and watch a lot of fitness influencers, you know, know the big names, Christian Guzman. Um, so was he who you saw? Who did you start watching first or who got oh, you into watching these, this genre? I want to say my sister mentioned Katie Hearn and I never bo- bothered to follow her until the last year and a half, maybe two years. Um, but she was a name I heard a lot in the house. I remember that. Um, my sister would tell me about the drama between the, t- at the time, Nikki Blackadder and Christian Guzman. So I remember watching. So she started with these videos first. Yeah. She and I think that's t- what got me on board. Watching the fitness videos first. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And then obviously, um, Buff Bunny, which is Heidi Summers. And then Whitney Simmons. That was until like the last couple of years that she's blown up or even created content in general. Um, for me, I, so you started with just watching their vlogs and things like that. Yes. The reason I started watching fitness YouTube was to learn things. Like that's what I found it such a big database and yeah. everything online. It was almost like you didn't know what to trust on Google because you don't know who's writing this and things like that. I felt that if I could see the person and see when they say, don't listen to this stupid stuff that people tell you that, which is what you may have read online, they'll say, no, like, please don't listen to that. This is what you should do. I feel like I got in at such a good time where a lot of good content was being made that was breaking the mold of... You were a very good prime spot. Yeah, right when I started watching, which maybe it was 2016, is right when a lot of evidence-based content of fitness YouTubers started coming out. And before that, it may have been, if you started watching two years before that or three years, it would be like throw as much weight as you can on the bicep curls and do it till you can't feel your arms anymore yeah. and then do more. They're very Something like that. Or just like you can only eat too. chicken and broccoli. All the kind of yeah. things you would assume yeah. is the content that you would, Used to the information do. you would get a little bit earlier. Yeah. So I started with, I think I would start, I started with Marine or student aesthetics, which is what he used yes. to be called. And he would do that, how to set your macros video. He would do like that one video, which is what you'd always search in the search bar that probably everybody has that one video now, how to set your macros or how to squat or how to uh, get bigger biceps. Like all the things you would search, everyone had that one video at that one point. So they would all have a ton of views on that one staple video. And then the vlogs kind of came later, which you would watch their vlogs because you had already given attached to the fact that they gave you good, they gave you good knowledge. So then you were like, oh, let's see what else they do other than just tell me how to work out properly. Right. So that's how I kind of got into it. I think I'd say Christian was probably one of the ones I started watching early on. after that other than Marine. But I'm so I started watching Marine, I think, when he had 20,000 subscribers, maybe or something. Like that. He was very small at that point, but he was just a quality he just seemed guy. Like a cool guy. <laughs> like yeah. he, he went he was in school. He was from the Netherlands and he was just kind of. I think that there's something about the fact that you speak a different language and he's tr- like he was almost still learning English. So it, uh, to me, it feels like they almost can't lie because the, their English is so bad that not so bad, but they haven't learned the trickery of the language or I don't know. There's something about someone who's recently learned English on YouTube or things like that where they have to get their point across in as easy way as possible because they don't know all the little other words. So it just seems like more genuine to me because they're only saying what they know they can, yeah. what they know how to say. I, I don't know. There's some logic in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but at this point now, I would say, who would you watch? Who would you be your top three right now that you would watch? It wouldn't be though on form. Like at this point. In yeah. My... But just in general. Okay. So your past. So you it's entertainment really and those. just enjoying their personality. Yeah. For myself, I don't really watch those, those same videos anymore of learning things unless it's advanced knowledge like i don't watch the how to watch your how to make your macros videos i'll watch the 
do this for 10% increase on your squat. New research study has come out. Yeah. All the little, for example, the things like Jeff Nippard would talk about now. Yeah. He goes into a lot of detail about new studies and things like that. Eric Helms, those would be the kind of people I'm listening to a lot of podcasts about deeper science into this field than the basics. And then for YouTube, I just kind of watch the vlogs for yeah. entertainment purposes. Yeah. So what would your, who would you be your most viewed people on a recurring basis? Max tuning 100%. And I have to give you credit to that one for showing me. I don't even remember how far back I found him. I, but, but yeah, I just remember the exact moment where you were like, I have somebody I watch and I think you'll like his personality. Like I th- even if you don't like his actual, some of the stuff he talks about in his videos, like I think you'll just find him funny and you'll just, and now we save up those videos and watch them together. Yeah. We only watch those videos together. <laughs> I, I, I feel like honestly, he, we have a very similar personality. So I think that's probably why I said you would enjoy, enjoy his videos. We're very quirky and weird. And he takes his content to the next level as well. Like he was never just making, he, at some point he was, he started off with just doing a vlog, recording his workout. Yeah. Yeah. But now he really takes the extra step to make the cinematography of him deadlifting. Like a short film, literally. Yeah. Yeah. He he may be doing literally just driving to the office, eating food, deadlifting and doing some work, but he makes it look like you're super interested in a movie you're watching. Yeah. A hundred percent. So So you say top three? Yeah, sure. Um, I like Whitney Simmons. I know I feel like some people could argue that she's overrated, um, but she has such a fun, cute, like you've said before, like girl next door type personality. And I find that that's hard to find um, or it just comes off fake. Yeah, yeah. She's very bubbly. Um, And I think I just respect the way she goes about like her personal life and what she does put online, what she keeps private. Um the company she's like created for herself and the relationship she's I guess maintained with Gymshark with the way the Gymshark's going. Um, so I definitely say Whitney Simmons and then Stephanie Buttermore I think would be the other one. So two yeah. females and the one male. Stephanie Buttermore is also on that Jeff Nepard level now, which is yes, educational and like a lot of time going oof. into the content. The videos are fewer and far between, but when they do make a video, it's this video matters. Yeah, There's it's going all research out. pictographics on the video. There's a script. Like these are intense videos. I respect the work that she does. Yeah, these videos take 10, 15, 20, even more hours to edit and process and make these videos happen. So you really value them. Yeah. Um, for myself, I'd probably say max tuning i watched christian's videos just for christian not for the videos he makes like i just kind of skipped the workout part and i just find a lot of the business stuff i'm really into all the business of all these youtubers so max tuning has his brands um christian guzman obviously has alpha lead and things like that the gym so I've, i i like the fact that i learn things about business and fitness the fitness not not so much but i like to learn the business side of these people that i'm already interested in and entertained by you can take things and apply it to your own life well, I try to, at least I'm trying to. Um, Jeff Nippert, for sure, for the content he brings. And then and Stephanie, Canadian. because of that. Yeah, Jeff's also Canadian. Um, he seems like a really cool guy. I met him. I met him, too. And, and we met Stephanie Buttermore. Yeah. Just and then throw that in there. She, there's a lot of times where a YouTuber will start dating somebody, and then that person that they're dating will start getting big um, just solely for the fact that they're dating that other person. But with Stephanie, it seems like that's the opposite of what happened. So She's like her growth was really only, earned. Yeah. Like she got a platform because obviously Jeff did give her a viewership of people saying like, oh, look, my girlfriend makes videos now too. But when you got to her channel, it was not just a, 
hey, I'm Stephanie. I'm Jeff's uh, boyfriend, uh, girlfriend, or whatever. And I'm, I do workouts, and uh, these are my glutes, and this is what I ate today. Her videos are, she took that free marketing that she almost had and was like, listen, I'm going to make something of this. And now she's blown up because of it. She's probably one and of the fastest growing female channels. She doesn't just post, like, there's this one girl on YouTube that just posts, um, this is what I did for 30 days. Like, watch what the result was. And Stephanie's like, I did abs for six months every single day. And these were my results. Like, who has a de- determination? And, like, I just, her brain is crazy. And then the way that she edits her thumbnails to match the actual content. I think that comes from her being a doctor, though. Yeah. So she yes. she when she's doing these videos, it's a study, and when these these other girls are doing this video. It's just like, oh my god, I'm doing a challenge, entertaining study. I'm like, yeah, she oh. does studies on everything she's doing is a research on herself. Even though her field isn't in fitness, it's in cancer research. Right. It's the the scientific method that she applies to her videos. It seems right. that Jeff also would apply. So those two, and I think Jeff was like the fastest growing fitness channel of everybody. He gained a million subscribers. He, not that he it all happened at once for him, but. Or he went from zero to 100 right when his channel started, he blew up. But he was posting videos, getting a little bit of views. And then in the last year and a half, he went from a couple thousand to over. He has like a million and a half now, which is crazy. And mm-hmm. he's like Christian was, the, was one of the biggest subscribed YouTubers for a long time at 700 to 900,000. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of been stuck there for a long time. Jeff's at a million and a half and it's been the last year almost. Yeah. Just based on what his content, you can tell though, right when you watch his videos, you can, you, you see why he takes a lot of time and he edits those himself for a lot of time. So he's learned a whole new skill just because well, he enjoys yeah. this. A lot of respect for that. Back to your own personal experience now from what you watch, where did the nutrition aspect come in of you starting or the lifestyle almost of these, you watch these YouTubers and there was a certain lifestyle they were living of their food going with their way they lived outside of their social lives and then also their gym time. So when did you almost maybe start mirroring that or take influence from the way those people's lifestyles were? Um, okay, well, just to backtrack for a sec. When I was at Western, you'd have your like meal plan card. And a lot of the times with your friends, if somebody were going down to get some food from the calf, which, by the way, was really bad. It was good. It was a blessing and a curse that there was a calf in every single res. Um, so when one of your friends would go down for a snack, you would just tag along. And more times than not, you would end up getting something, you know, similar to the category of what they're getting. So if they're getting a bunch of gummy bears, you're getting like chocolate covered almonds. That's what my snack was. Yeah, that nobody else got that. You that okay, was your thing. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but I'm just saying, um I think that's when it started to hit me like I'm just eating just to eat. I'm not even hungry. It's like ten o'clock at night. Um the cash probably closing in like twenty minutes and these are like garbage. I don't even know why I'm eating these. But it, that's just what you would do. Um so I think when I went to Fanshawe and I was purchasing my own groceries. I would have a checklist every week of like all the produce I was buying and then the protein and, you know, like my one kind of unhealthy snack or like knowing, okay, when I get back from the bar, I know I'm going to crave this or this. So like just buy one thing of each. Um, So I think that was a huge. (laughs) So in Western, uh, you would just eat what was on the menu that day. And then when you started going to Fanshawe, buying your own groceries, living on your own, you kind of went out of your way to learn were you buying shitty groceries like there's lots of different ways people buy groceries if you look at maybe our grocery list versus somebody else's grocery list there you can say you're buying groceries and people assume that's kind of healthy but there's very different levels to that so what would you 
where did you take your influence for these buying these groceries? Did you would you say they were healthy? Uh, a few different YouTubers, I guess. Like when they would do like a grocery haul or um, just a meal that I would get inspired from certain meals that they would talk about. So, you know, the freedom you have when you're buying your own groceries is you can buy anything you want right so you're not restricted to like what mom or dad buys and you're like stuck with cooking with whatever they have so i could buy whatever spices i wanted to flavor whatever food i was making for dinner that night and that made me enjoy what i was cooking more and something i had to look forward to at the end of the school day Mm -hmm. you're creating something at this point which is, is maybe as little as it is art it's you're like a part of this meal now instead of your parents just putting it on the table in front of you right so it sometimes maybe that improves the taste or this the fact that you have to cook it is not so horrible because it's almost fun right um and i think that this is great that the the way this happened because it's like the information you got from ryan about like the peanut butter on rice cakes and transferred to me and that was like my go-to snack after dinner with banana on top and the cinnamon powder um yeah. Oh, Rob. I got Rob Lipsy was one of the first guys I watched. But I don't like the way his videos now, really, because they're just kind of the party lifestyle and vlogs that I'm not really interested in. But his old videos were really informational and then they weren't. So he wasn't really like big yet. So mm-hmm. he was really down to earth. Now his videos are all vacations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he made protein pancakes. That's the first place I found protein pancakes. And he taught me how to make omelets where you cook the top at the same time so you don't have to flip it with it getting messy. You can flip it after it's kind of already hardened. It's great. Kieran will do little, it one day in a video. Little tips that <laughs> you learn along the way. And then rice cakes for sure. Ryan made protein oats. He has a That's his big thing too. Yeah, for sure. Continue. Um, so I think that was the when I started realizing... Well, I knew the calorie content of food beforehand but now being kind completely of like a general yeah but now being completely on my own uh i guess my knowledge just like narrowed in more you're deep in like you what you kind of know oh salads are good pastas m- more calories but you don't really <laughs> know kind of what more than that yeah and, and like now you taught you learn... me potatoes and like how much volume mm-hmm. i can have for the same amount of calories with pasta and it's crazy my brain was just like shocked when it got that info yeah I, there, I had a lot of those moments too where it was almost cheating the system i would think of it yeah. as because i was really into so i had set myself calorie targets all because I, I was kind of chubby going into my fitness journey and that's why i started because i was trying to fit in look a certain way be a little cooler like i just wanted to change the way i looked so my experience was losing weight so i was trying to find ways not to be hungry so that's where i learned all these little tricks of what you can eat where you can eat more things and not be as guilty or sorry not you'd have the same calories and you'd be eating a lot more so like a big salad with the meat and your pasta in it or any ways I could kind of cheat my... I'd find the lower calorie cereal. I could have more of that cereal, things like that. So you may have taken a little bit less extreme versions and taken those things on board. Right. So your groceries were fairly healthy. You'd say you'd you'd be looking at labels or... Um, not so much. Like I kind of knew by that point from you. (laughs) So I wouldn't have to do much of the, the label searching. Um... I think in Fanshawe, you were, you'd plan out your nutrition and you'd, you would care that is this going to affect my workout because now I actually care about my workout and things like that or. So in the morning I would set out, okay, I'll like take out the chicken from the freezer so it can defrost while I'm away. And then in the evening I'd cook it or whatever. Um, or I'm like, okay, I'm going out tonight. 
Um, and then I would alter my meals a little bit or be like, I'm probably going to want a pizza when I come home. So I'll just save some calories for the pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot more dependent on my, what I was doing day to day. And I was just taking that more into consideration as opposed to high school is like come home, eat whatever mom made. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't even really, the fact that we got that good information so early is that I think Marine was the one who kind of showed me that. It's, it's just based on calories. So you can have a pizza as long as you don't eat that much during the day. Whereas I feel like if we got into this a little bit earlier, if I was given bad information, I'd be like, you can't have a pizza. What are you doing? Yeah, like, that's not that's ever allowed. Exactly. So it gives you a lot more balance to still be able to enjoy living a, a working out lifestyle type of thing, which is to me, it's still crazy how it's almost like there's two types of people in the world. To me, it seems like there's people who do work out and people who don't work out. Yeah. And my life is completely different than anybody who doesn't work out. That yeah. For me, going to the gym is mandatory. Five days yeah, a week. Yeah, you me. mentioned that the other day. Like it's crazy. It's just the way our it's brains like brushing kind my of, teeth yeah. or eating yeah. food is like me going to the gym. It's just like yes, this is where I'm going next. Oh, uh, why don't you just come out today? Well, no, like I'm going to the gym next. Yeah, like, it's like it's not. I don't miscible. go out and not brush my teeth. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's just crazy how to some people are like, eh, maybe I'll go to the gym next week. Yeah. Nah, probably not. And then some people don't even ever think about it. Like that's never crossed their mind. They yeah. just go home, watch TV, whatever. But for me, it's just it's no question. So I just find it really weird how in society we just have two groups of people where those people have two extra hours a day to do whatever they want because yeah. I'm at the gym. That's a conversation I had with my um, different roommate, but roommate um, that I just Most recently recent. was with. Yeah, um, you know, it sounded like a relationship there. Uh, she talks about watching all these shows, and she, I guess, was shocked when she found out there were so many things on Netflix I hadn't seen or things I just wasn't like kept up with. Like I know I've been a little bit under the rock with certain things. A lot um, of things growing you've been up, sheltered with growing up, but I mean. Like Disney movies for okay. one. You haven't okay. seen most of those that aren't girls. <laughs> but um, what I'm trying to say is I would use those two hours or two and a half with transportation and everything from school to be at the gym and working out. And she would be, you know, entertaining herself watching episode after episode after episode of a television show. So this was something she never understood really until the end of our living together situation where my two and a half hours always ended up going to the gym. But that's what I preferred. You know what I mean? Then. Yeah, absolutely. And sitting in bed and watching. TV. Maybe you can get more Netflix in or maybe some people are studying during that time. So yeah. you now have to balance your studying time with you're going out those two days a week with you want to go to the gym. So you have to fit that in. So it just seems like there's a lot going on there with classes right and there was still like i could still catch up on it was like a good balance there's still some stuff i could watch as i was doing cardio on the treadmill like as long as i had wi-fi right i just couldn't watch as many episodes because obviously once you're starting to lift weight you can't be just watching tv (laughs) on your phone but yeah it just seems that it may be a hard barrier for entry for any kid trying to get into um working out training just because a lot of times kids get into that when they go to university, they're in first year, you get a free gym membership for the first time. So now you may be a little bit more inclined to try working out. And then if you really want to get into it, you may just say, ah, oh, never mind," because of how much time it would take away from your studies, which is kind of a struggle for a lot of people. I think that a lot of people would be more interested in fitness or once they build that habit, they would go more. But in that first couple of weeks, maybe you have an exam coming up. You go a couple times, three days in a row, and then that fourth day, you're like, oh, I'll just study today or I'll just go out today. And then you stop going in general. Right. And then so that's that's a lot of times why a lot of people might get out of the working out space. Would you say that you think 
all people should work out? In some capacity. Yeah, a physical... active lifestyle. Like, you can have a mixture of things. You don't have to be a star track runner. What? Yeah. Star track runner or just like an extreme cyclist, but a mixture of them. Or if your job already requires a lot of physical moving, you know what I mean? Like how, how we get our more. steps in every day, like 10 K minimum, or you've, you've upped yours to like 15 with your job currently. So just some type of activity level. So when you're doing like that flight of stairs or people say this all the time, like you're carrying groceries and you're like, wow, I'm winded. And like, you shouldn't be winded from doing like a simple task. Mm-hmm. Right. I just think there's enough things out there. To, find, to something. find something you're interested in that would get you moving just 100%. for the fact that obesity, which is the pretty much being overly fat is now considered an epidemic, which is a disease in the United States. And I don't know if it's fully in Canada yet, but the fact that that is such a problem, obviously there's a lot of food involved with that, but it's just everyone is sitting down these days with computers and yeah. things like that. It's, you can't find one thing to enjoy that. I know there's different types of people. I myself pretty much only like things that i'm moving or thinking so the only times i'm sitting down is i'm trying to learn stuff play the odd video games but then everything else i enjoy is moving which is i guess it's a benefit for me but i almost can't find enough time to fit in everything i want to take up a fighting sport i like cycling i love working out i won't miss gym sessions i play hockey once to two times a week or throughout the year so for me it's i can't find enough time to fit in how much things i like that are active whereas other people will can't find that one thing even going for a walk i think every day if you just go for a walk with your wife or your significant other or and i feel like a lot of people just kind of throw out the comment that like walking is boring like, but th- find a podcast find a genre of music like find something that could like help with that walking and it makes you want to walk for that much longer i feel like a lot of times that's maybe people just haven't started yet because it seems like oh, i don't want to go for a walk but I, I think a nice walk after dinner is quite lovely I feel like actually that was, i and our mentality when we were younger not that we didn't want to go for walks when we first started dating it wasn't something that just never pops in your head because as a regular person you just never think and now it's like did you get your 10k did you get your 10k yeah we need to go for a walk now are we up to date on that podcast should we listen to it while we're on our walk i think we're also probably not the norm there we're pretty heavily into this fitness area but even just yeah just regular people fitbits got a lot more popular which is a good thing as a whole i guess the fact that it costs money to get into fitness is maybe kind of hard for people but just being more active in general should be what you're looking to do so now you're fully engulfed in working out your stephanie buttermore buttermore program that go well was this the first time you ran an actual type of workout yes and i liked it for the most part um I can't remember. There was something that she didn't put enough of. I think it was just upper body in general. I know it was glute focused, but I thought that there was barely any upper body and then the random abs, which half the time I would sub out anyway because I didn't like the ab exercises that she chose for the program. But overall, it was a good first pick. And then the one I did after um, was by BioLane. I can't mm-hmm. even remember. BioLane Workout Builder. I, I really liked that one. And then I bought the next Stephanie Buttermore one that she um, did in collaboration with Jeff. And this was the Intermediate Advance. And it was definitely more advanced. They should not put Intermediate in that title. I feel like this was a pretty big jump from her first program to the current one. Um, Just a lot of volume, all the extra things you'd be doing or the intensity of it the intensity it wasn't so much it was volume. a lot harder to do yeah like i remember 
I think I was with you the first day I ran it and ha- like after two exercises, you're like, you sure you want to keep going? And I was like, yeah, did I could not walk down the stairs. I was like, the, I can't, I, I can't imagine a, after a week of just like, yeah, those workouts. And then like eight weeks or however many weeks her program was, maybe mm-hmm. it was 12, I don't know. So your goals had changed at this point from just going to the gym and now maybe you were trying to yes. accentuate certain <laughs> parts of your body. Um, obviously accentuating the glutes so Um, at some point you went from i'm just working out past the cardio stage and then it went to give me the peach i'd like to get a bigger butt (laughs) yeah (laughs) and do do you still enjoy working out the other parts of your body i do um honestly and i feel like they're a little bit underrated i love shoulders like and I think um, I think that is a kind of a niche thing that lots of people do are actually really like. Really, I've like, heard a lot of like upper bodybuilders be like, "Oh, I love I love working out my shoulders." But it's it's just it's such not, a, and most like, people say chest or back or something like that. But I hear it; it is kind of a niche thing to like. Like Paige Riley um, on YouTube and Instagram. I think I just really appreciated how hard, like how much work she put into her upper body. That that motivated me. I don't want to be as like shredded as when she shredded because obviously we're different um, genetic makeup and she's like a smaller frame. Um, but she's also a professional like bodybuilder, right? As she's IF, IFB, IFBB. Yeah. So she's really into it. You're just there's levels to this stuff. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah. we're pretty high on the spectrum of people that are going to the gym and just we do it often things like that. But then there's next level. But competing I think it's what she like showed on her platforms that made me start to enjoy it that much more. I think a lot of people, girls especially, still think that working on your upper body, you're going to turn into a guy. Like, you're going to look what a guy looks like. And that's yeah. really not how it works. Yeah. You, It takes a lot of work to turn into right. what a guy right. looks right. like. Right. There's, like, tasteful, like, looking fit and, like, really good in a dress as opposed to, like, looking like a man in a dress. Yeah, it's like, really I've kind of seen hard. it both ways. It's really hard to look like a guy in a dress. You would have to go... If a girl is going to the gym and worried about being too bulky... I already know you won't get too bulky because if you're having that quite, you have to be so dedicated to start looking like a guy, like to be that jacked Yeah. that if your question is, Oh, I might, might get too, too strong or too muscular. If you're having those thoughts, you're not the person that's going to get too strong or too muscular. You're going right. to just be a regular fit person. Right. And that's no problem with that. But I just don't think that stereotype should even exist at this point. Agreed. Getting back to your progress after that program didn't work out so well for you. Did you move on to something else? Um, I really wanted to, but with the semester I had at school, I can't say it's impossible because people are always like, everything's possible if you just like make the time for it, like priority. Grind harder. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it was hard to commit to how many times a week I was going. So I didn't want to commit to a program because knowing how I am now, I would beat myself up if I didn't get to the gym that fourth or that fifth time. So I did take, and this is a really long stretch, like eight to nine months of just doing whatever I felt like and I don't want to say whatever I felt like I was doing the compound movements and I got back into deadlifting which I had a back injury last year and had to do a lot of physio for and exercises and had to kind of rehabilitate it um and so I got back into deadlifting which I'm very very happy that I've managed to be able to do and then you taught me how to properly bench press and I've started to love that which I never in a million years thought i would do my sister the first time she showed me i like laughed i was like i'm not doing that i think it's just because you now you're learning it and it's just fun to learn something it's like now squats are my least favorite thing to do like i almost dread it and i'm so excited to get to the bench and the deadlift it's really odd 
So after those nine months off, you took that time, you uh, you got to a point where you had more time to allot to having a program. Yes. So now Kieran has built a program for me. And honestly, it couldn't have been better that he built it for me because it's everything that I love to do and want to do and want to improve and um, increase weight on technique etc so it's like now it's like the perfect program all in one so i'm really excited to give that a shot for the next whatever eight weeks yeah well she got the friends and family discount and <laughs> I took a lot of information from eric helms he has kind of a basic template of how you can make a program for the intermediate lifter to keep progressing which so is I so valuable of- can i just say that like i feel like if more people had the information that you've got from him i feel like they'd be all in a better state of their lifting yeah Continue. shout out omar omar and uh, eric helms their iron culture podcast pretty good check that out um but yeah so he gives out a lot of free information he also has his books that are paid for which i want to get at some point but f- based on what his free information i was had enough there that i could start working my own workout program around it and then i just took all your information of what you like to do all of your favorite workouts, like your favorite exercises, and then mm-hmm. just use those to fill in the program's template of how to progress. So I think that will go well. And now that that is just going well so far. Mm-hmm. It's only been two weeks, but I can't say I'm dreading to go to the gym because I'm doing all the things I like. And if something feels weird or uncomfortable, it just doesn't work well with my body. Kieran's just been able to adjust it and just be like, no problem. Pick a different exercise. And it's, it's almost like again. I should charge for this. eh? <laughs> um hopefully coming soon uh so now you have graduated fanshawe at this point what is on the cards for you are you looking at a bachelor's degree now like what's what's going on ha ha the original plan um this was two years ago i just wanted to go for one year of television news so this was all in front of the camera um unfortunately you couldn't take that program unless you had radio broadcast television broadcast uh or some a other prerequisite program. You yeah, need? you need a prerequisite. I totally forgot to say I so graduated it was an from film. Di- it was an advanced diploma almost. Yeah, or, or is that like in it, a special it was a certificate case? or whatever? Because there's those like one year programs where you need the two year program ahead of it. Yes, or they said an asterisk. I remember reading this on the website. Unless you have like some special circumstance, and I tried to make it fly. Like, oh, I have a YouTube channel, and the coordinator's like, oh, like send me your channel, and it was not to the level that he thought it was. He's like, no, hon, like you, you need to take one of these prereqs. Yeah, two thousand so, subscribers maybe doesn't qualify to give it wasn't you even two years of time. school. Um, so that was the original plan and I was pretty set on that. A lot of people in my program in first year want to do advanced filmmaking. And by the end of our two years, we were all ready to like go on and take on the world and do our own thing. Whether that was whatever, being an influencer, going to be their own producer, start their own, do their own short film, whatever. Um, so after graduating, I had the conversation with my parents, um, to take a year minimum to work on my own content. So that's my YouTube channel and my new podcast, Girl of Gen Z. Go follow it or subscribe. Girl of Gen Z podcast, subscribe, leave a rating. Um, I'll be there <laughs> and, at some point. Uh, the other few days um, in the week are allotted to being a server and a bartender, which I really enjoy. And not just all for tips, as much as people do want to claim that that is very true. You do make... A very good amount of money yes, for the hours you're putting but, in. and But you... Is this pretty recently you found this and you enjoy it? And no, it is not recent. Like, I, I've enjoyed... Well, based on what we know, you only worked at Starbucks. <laughs> so, so it has been since you have came home from school? 
that first time or after you graduated? When did you start getting into waitressing? Um, that was in between first year and second year of college. So in the summer in between. Um, and I just, I liked kind of the flexibility with it and the place I started and I'm still actually currently at. I have a really good relationship with my boss and I think the girls get along pretty well that it, it's just, it's enjoyable to go to work. You know what I mean? It doesn't always feel like work, which is nice. Um, and it does pay you well enough that you can keep doing your like own stuff that and have funding flexible goes hours. into what I'm doing as my side hustle. So mm-hmm. you're not it struggling works, or anything. Yeah, no, it works really well hand in hand. The hours are good. Um, it's not like a place where it's a club and I'm there till two or three in the morning, um, which is great because I need to get up and be able to have my clear head to creatively edit my videos and mm-hmm. have ideas come to my head. You're not doing 40 hours a week there. You're doing a 40 hours a week working there, but you're doing probably more than 40 hours a week of work right now. Yes. So yes. what else are you doing? You're doing your, your couple shifts a week mm-hmm. at this at this restaurant. And then where is this other work coming from? Editing my YouTube videos and then filming the podcast. Filming other YouTube videos as well. So do you, how, do you, how do you get those videos every week? So do you plan in advance this week? I'm going to do this video and this so video. So currently I do have a list of kind of what I want to film in each month and like a timeline. Um, however just coming back from our recent Europe trip, we have so much content that I've kind of been able to split it up day to day of what we did in Europe, um, which has really helped, I guess, because it is kind of pre-filmed, I guess, in a way. And I've just been able to edit on my days off and get those up. I don't know how it's going to be going forward because if anyone knows, filming for a long period of time and then editing the same day, um, it's a lot for your brain. So I don't know how it's going to go moving forward. I'll definitely have to work out those wrinkles. Or have a filming day and then you edit it the next day. Right. Or pre-film like a couple, I don't want to say easier videos, but ones I know is not going to take a toll on me um, as opposed to the Europe ones. Have a little bit just because it is a little bit more creative thinking. You want each day to be different, which is very hard to do. And I give huge shout outs to like Max Tuning for being able to like keep it interesting for his viewers, especially the ones that have been there for years. Especially when it's just a simple vlog, they could all be so similar, but for 100%. some reason they're all a little bit different. Learning like a new transition, trying to find that like niche song, like nobody knows or hasn't heard yet in that edit. You know what I mean? So how is that translated into your content? Do you, have you taken your level of editing up or you're, you're wanting to learn new transitions or are you wanting to learn new abilities on it? Everything you've just said. <laughs> So to, is that for your own personal growth or because you want to make the content different for the viewer? You don't Both. want it to get stale? So I don't want it to lot- get stale. I want to be able to build my skills, especially in this time off, I, this one year off that my dad likes to say, he wants me to stay sharp on what I know and not get rusty on the things that I use every day. I, I need to be getting better, not worse, or being like at par. Would you say your interests in the platform or in the skills or in your YouTube channel as a whole has increased or stayed the same since you started taking more time for it? It's definitely increased. And I didn't think it would. I thought they would decline because I didn't love editing to begin with. Um, it is a lot of sitting. And like Kieran said, like I like to be moving as well. So having the serving and bartending job allows me to be on my feet and running around and time passing quicker. And what are your plans for that channel or what you want to do in the future like what's next what's what's your everything's gonna go right what is that um 
I have a growth in views in the subscriber. So maybe base. in a short term, what what do you want in the next in the next six months for? So we're pretty much right in the middle of the year right now. What are you looking for in the next six months? Then maybe in the next two years. Still enjoying what I'm doing, not getting bored of it. That's a big part of it for sure. 100%. And it'll make the content better. Anything if you're still keeping it interesting, like constantly talking to new people. Um, you I'd, just started the podcast. That'll help with the interest of learning new things with new people. Yeah. Is that something that you think you're going to take a really new interest in or are you just kind of branching out? Just because just to kind of get yourself out there more or you really want to take this podcast, like you think you may be really serious about that because there's some people you think kind of just started to be on another platform or they'll start streaming too as well as their YouTube oh, no, videos. Like they're just branching out or do you really think you're going to deep dive into this kind of one-on-one I think I will deep dive into it, especially because I've wanted to be a host of something for so long, and it's always been TV. Um, but with having the creative control of your own thing is, like, unexplainable. Like, there's no one giving you rules. You can bring on who you want. You can talk about what you want. You can make your own rules. Um, and I've met so many people throughout my life in so many different areas that I think that this will be an interesting platform to see like so many different opposite ends of the spectrum i think it is i think it might even be the potential at least to be bigger for than youtube for you maybe not in how many people are there because you already have a little platform on youtube but in the way you take it or how seriously you take it and the way you structure it i think it's so much like being a host having that one-to-one interview conversation but it's more down to earth it's more of a conversation than a straight interview where you're just really getting to know that person or learning what they learned them sharing their their stories their information with you i think there's a lot of space for that especially with the way you do it i just see the way you are and the way you made your first episode things like that i feel like you're going to get a lot of that platform and there's no editing which is probably if there was one you can edit it but with with the way i envision it which is kind of the way i guess you envision yours um is more relaxed and chill and like Kieran said, a normal conversation and not scripted with intro music. And then, I mean, maybe one day we'll, we can see where this goes, but for now, like that's want we'll to keep it simple. Yeah. And, but I, if there was one thing that's difficult or a barrier on YouTube, it would be the editing. And this yes. kind of takes a it's lot just very less time, time to 100%. get them out there. But uh, Getting them out there, sure, but the pre-planning, like I feel like I haven't, 100%, yeah. like that's ske- you're not scheduling spending. of the person, it, where we're going to be recording it, um, when I'm going to be uploading it, making sure that they're okay with it before it goes live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that time that's not spent editing is spent finding someone to talk to and all that kind of stuff. That probably takes just as much time as setting up a date to talk to somebody is is difficult these days other than you can maybe do skype but a lot of times you get a better feel real life and in person a lot of people if you can do real life for like anything (laughs) yeah as many as you can a phone call is better than a text uh seeing someone in person is better than a phone call you can always get more personal right so over level in person is definitely going to be a lot more beneficial so is there a certain genre you want to take that or something you want to be with that six months do you have a goal like oh i want this many listeners or i want my channel to be this big or i don't want to give it a number i just want it to be continuously growing so you just want to keep working hard on the two videos and doing things you like and hopefully you'll just see it from that point i think one goal is monetization yes you're close for youtube yes 
Yeah, just uh, not even to halfway. make the money because you're not going to make any money really from it. Just the fact you're like, I'm official again because YouTube made their platform to be monetized hard. Well, just like it's setting that goal and then achieving it. I think that's yeah. what it is as opposed to just another thing on the checklist that you're like had to scratch off because you didn't actually get to achieve it because you put your time to something else. So do you have any other tertiary goals or secondary goals of that are aside from your podcast and YouTube? Um, I want to do a powerlifting eat, but definitely not by the end of the year. I know that's a goal you've talked about doing. I, I don't think I'm like mentally ready for that or physically. Yeah. Um, so it's almost I don't want to give it a, <sighs> working out and turning it into training. It's, yeah. it's like one is for a sport and one is because you enjoy working out. So that's kind of right. maybe not the level you're trying to take it to right now. Right. And I think just, yeah, just like enjoying my, I don't want to say year off because it's not a year off, but a year into like something I've always wanted to do and finally be able to like fully and hopefully make go it another year. It. Yeah. I mean, it seems like almost the goal is that you want it to go so well that there's no reason to not make it the second year off. Yeah. And then eventually it's all the years off, but it's just because you're working that, like, it's not that you're just being lazy. It's just that you've you've taken that first year off the first year off went good second year off now it's just like these aren't years off this is what i do now right and that's kind of what it what it seems like you want to take it to so do you want to plug your links for the to close us out yeah uh so i feel like you guys already heard this multiple times but clarissa's life is the youtube channel girl of gen z is the podcast handle and then my Instagram is Clarissa Gregornik, which I'll spell it out because it's really long. So it's C-L-A-R-I-S-S-A-G-R-G-O-R-I-N-I-C. And I don't have any other social media platforms because Instagram's the only one I really use for like my viewers and subscribers. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for having me. No problem.